My name is Kim Ismay, and I've been a narrator for Calibre for about 10 years now, although I did have a two-year break in the middle, as my other job, which is being an actress, mostly on the stage, took me to the Far East on tour, so no audiobook recording ability there. Um, it was a very exciting tour, but I couldn't exactly travel the equipment or record in a hotel in Singapore or Manila or China. Being an actor, I've always done a variety of voice jobs. I've voiced documentaries, commercials, corporate films, and when I was working in Germany, I did some post-dubbing and a whole series of English-language CDs. So at some point, who knows, there may be a whole slew of Germans who sound exactly like me. I've also recorded a number of audio dramas, including Doctor Who, which was very exciting. When I was on a major national tour once, playing the Baroness in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, my Baron was the wonderful actor Edward Peel, who was a long-time Calibre narrator, and he put my name forward to Calibre as a potential narrator, and I was absolutely thrilled to join the team. I have just received my 18th audiobook in the post, so I have 17 already in the Calibre library. I'm an absolutely avid reader myself, both written word and audiobook format. Um, I've always got a book or two on the go. I actually prefer audiobooks to music in the car when I'm driving, especially on long journeys. And if I dislike or really love a particular narrator, it's good for me as a narrator to work out why that is and to take mental notes to make me a better reader. Everything is a lesson. Um, I love thrillers and mysteries. Um, they're my favourites, I think, both classic and modern. I love short stories and childhood favourites, especially if you're not well. An old friend of a book is like a healing cuddle. My desert island book, although I should probably say something erudite like the complete works of Shakespeare, I think it would actually be the whole collection of the What Katie Did stories. My aunt is partially sighted and is in fact registered blind, and her joy in still being able to read via audiobook spurs me on to uh, record as many as I can and spread the word. I have a recording space in my spare room, back bedroom office, uh, which is usually the quietest room in the house, although early mornings are a bit tricky as the birds in the trees at the back of my house tend to be a bit overexcitable. Um, as most of my usual acting jobs are plays or musicals in the West End, they usually finish around the 10.30pm mark, and so I usually get home around 11.30. And personally, that's a really good time for me to record for an hour or two. My voice is nice and warm and limber from work. Most of my neighbours are asleep. There is minimal traffic noise, and it's nice and quiet. So when I'm recording, I'll make sure the space is as soundproof as possible. We all have our own methods and equipment for deadening sound. And then I set myself up for the recording session. Plenty of room temperature water to drink. And if I fancy a hot drink, well, not too hot, obviously. For me, it's always got to be real leaf mint tea. Uh, anyone who uses their voice for a living, whether it's as an actor, singer or commentator, tries to avoid dairy when they're working as useful information coming up. The proteins found in dairy products make any phlegm in the throat stickier. Uh, unpleasant information, but true. 
No ice or anything frozen when recording either, as ice restricts the blood flow to tissues and makes your muscles contract, hence the room temperature water. That helps to keep my larynx nice and flexible, so it works better. I also turn my mobile and landline to silent mode, or at least I try to remember to turn my mobile and landline to silent mode. Uh, I've been caught out several times by a text alert ruining a big dramatic moment. I like to use a music stand to hold my book that I'm reading as it holds the pages open and flat for me so I don't have to touch the book as often. And that minimises the rustling when you touch a page. Uh, You have to be really careful when you turn a page. Luckily, the recording system we use is very easy to operate and you can easily go back and take out the odd cough or sneeze or the dog next door having a moment or the postman poking a parcel through the door. Somebody once asked me if I read a chapter and then record a chapter, etc. Oh, no, no, no. That would be way too dicey. It's essential that you read the entire book before you start recording anything at all, or you may get caught out with a horrifically sneaky surprise at the end. So, for example, you may find a character on the very last page who says, her high-pitched squeaky voice really began to grate on his nerves. And you think, wait, what? High-pitched squeaky voice? Or she had fallen in love with his strange lisping Mancunian accent. And then you're like, oh, no, no, no. You have to go back and re-record all of just those people's dialogue, which is really awkward. I mean, you can do it. Uh, It's often known as a drop-in. But if they've said an awful lot in dialogue, it might just be easier to start again. And you don't want to do that. Um, Every narrator has their own methods for uh, marking up their narration. I have a notebook for my audiobooks. Uh, when I start to read through a new book, I start a fresh double notebook page for that book. And I personally start with the central character in the middle. And then I make a kind of odd family tree of all the characters as they're introduced, and how people are connected. It sort of ends up looking a bit like one of those crime scene boards on a TV police drama with strings attaching different photographs and pieces of evidence, Um, how each new person links back to the central character, whether they're a major player in the plot or whether they just appear once and then no more. As you read through the book, you also tend to find that the author will give little hints about the person. For example, whether they're energetic or whiny, whether they have a vocal quality or physical quality that may inform their speech pattern. So I'll write that down by the character's name. And sometimes, I shouldn't really say this, but I'm gonna, I'll base a character's voice on someone I know. So my note underneath their name might say a cryptic John with Leslie's TH sound or Annabelle only deeper. Names have been changed to protect the innocent. If it's a very long book with loads of characters with different accents, dialects, voice qualities, etc. And I have to say here that I did have one book that had nearly 80 people in it from at least 20 different countries. Thanks for that one, Caliber. Sometimes I will make a series of quick labelled voice clips on my iPad. So I have a list of characters to refer back to. 
Every narrator tends to have a favourite genre or something that they really don't like reading. You don't get to choose which books you record for Calibre, which is quite exciting, actually, because you never know what's going to come through the door and it expands your reading lists because you may get something you would never, ever have chosen for yourself and it's good for you to read something new. You can, however, give hints to the office. For example, I enjoy reading most styles, but after recording The Haunting of Hill House for Calibre, I was forced to admit that I am in fact the most appalling wuss, and recording horror is simply not for me. I mean, I hate watching horror movies, so I suppose I should have known, really. But I thought I'd be fine, as I was the one who was reading it. Uh, For those who aren't familiar with the story, it's a paranormal horror thriller set in an old house that creaks at night, and I live in an old house that creaks at night, and basically I scared myself witless and could only record in broad daylight. I was really embarrassed by my own behaviour, and after that I requested no more horror. Thank you very much. I think as narrators, we also bring separate and varied strengths to our narrations. Uh, Some narrators have very soothing voices, some are best at action or comedy or verse and poetry. Some have voices most suited to technical books or serious biographies. Some are polyglots and speak many languages fluently. Some are good at loads of different accents, have specialist knowledge about a culture or a specific subject. There is always the need, and in my case it borders on obsession, to get things absolutely spot on correct. Because I listen to a lot of audiobooks, I know from experience as a listener, it's really annoying to hear somebody mispronounce a word or make a complete hash of a particular accent. It it snaps you right out of the story and breaks the spell. Thank goodness on that front for the internet, especially YouTube, as accurate representations of genuine accents and dialects or tunes to songs and how to pronounce words you've never come across before can all be found somewhere. And if I get really, really stuck, I contact one of two friends, Barnaby Edwards or David Monteith, who are voice over mavens. And if they can't help me, they will always know someone who can. I'm also lucky to have a wide circle of acquaintances from a variety of places and cultures and professions, so my chances of pronouncing something wrongly or horribly offensively are minimised, or at least I hope they are. Each file we record for Calibre is 30 minutes long to make it easier for the checkers, who make sure we've read accurately by following the book as they listen to our recordings in half-hour chunks. Depending on the intricacy of the book and the fluency of your reading and whether or not you're satisfied with your performance, recording a clean 30-minute file can take anything between 40 minutes or two hours. Uh, So one of the worst things that ever happened to me was recording a file And it was a triumph, let me tell you, to get the thing finished, as it was so complicated and involved a variety of exhaustingly emotional and dramatic dialogue. And I forgot to press save before I exited the screen. Yep, had to start the entire file again. That is a thing you don't do twice. And now the obsessive me presses save several times just in case. So having given you a worst, I have to give you a best as well uh, to balance it out. And one of the best moments for me as a narrator 
was when the author of a particular book had been very specific about how she wanted her book and her characters to sound and had asked Caliber to hear the recording before she would allow it to be released into the library. It was a very specific brief and the major characters spoke a language and were from a culture that I'm very familiar with. So Caliber sent it to me and the author thankfully loved it and emailed me personally to say that she was so thrilled with what I'd done and the way I'd given life to her story that she wanted me to also record the sequel for the library. It was so gratifying to know that I'd got it right and it was such a great compliment. I hope that my enthusiasm for and the love of audiobooks inspires more people to listen and enjoy them and spread the audiobook word. And thank you, Calibre, for everything you do.